Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. Hi kids. Um, it's the end of January. First year of the month is over, thankfully. I don't um, know how we survived it. I, I'm barely surviving. I don't know now. when this episode's gonna come out, but we'll find out if we're big losers again this year or not. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> love love glam season. Um, I just know we're gonna look good, so that's all that matters. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Martyr. I'm C Tepper, and this is Wigan Out. Um yeah, late January edition. Um, I'm very excited about our guest today. Do you want to introduce them? Because you always make me do it. <laughs> you always make me do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll introduce them. Today we're talking to the diva. <laughs> the diva from, I, I met them back in, um, I think, Drag Wars days. Um, it's Blue. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Drag Wars days, really? I think so. Yeah. Oh boy. Did you do <laughs> Drag Wars parts here? I did Drag Wars like twice. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Um, I think I went every once in a while, but yeah. Um, I think that's when I first met Blue. But I was welcome. The Drag Wars baby for sure. That was something <laughs> ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. we're gonna but, get all into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but welcome, welcome. How how is your 2023 so far? It's been interesting, a lot of good, some questionable situations, but you know what? You gotta you gotta be ready for the good and mm. hope that the bad never happens again. T T T T. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Deep. <laughs> so we're gonna go right into it. Where are you from originally? <sighs> if you've ever been to any of my shows, you know it because I say it 50 million <laughs> times. I'm from the South Bronx. Born and raised. Was that include born in Manhattan, like the hospital I was born in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But raised in the South Bronx, like my whole life until like 2020. Then I moved to Brooklyn. Hey. What was life like growing up in the South Bronx? Um, I would definitely say I always knew that I was a little bit different than like the kids in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It was rough. Like, you know, it's growing up essentially in the hood and kind of just I really always loved like performance and things like that but like we didn't have a lot of money so when I hear about like a lot of people who aren't from New York talking about like I did this theater program when I was in the fifth grade I'm like I did whatever program they had for free for us in school and whenever there was like an after school program or anything like that that I could sign myself up for that cost zero dollars I was there so I got very lucky with a lot of like culture that I got to experience when I was younger because I was a good like student and like my mother definitely taught me like education is the only way you're gonna get out of here and like put your all into school. So whenever I saw an opportunity to perform or do anything artistic, I always jumped on it for sure. But it definitely wasn't like in the easiest spaces. And um, usually we had like a music program. It'd be like for one year we get funded. So I learned how to play the saxophone for a year. And then hey. <laughs> good luck if that same program comes back. Oh my god just dabbling like I played the guitar at one point a violin but like none of it really went anywhere because it was literally like a six-month program and that was it I mean getting those jack-of-all-trades kind of going but it, it sounds like 
um the arts and creativity were like integral to like just surviving um how how did you start getting into drag um I feel like when I was younger, my mom always used to show me all this. My mom asked me the same question. She's always like, how did you end up like in queer spaces? I'm like, you literally showed me two Wong Fu when I was like six years old. <laughs> uh, the the gateway. called Crooklyn and RuPaul's in it. And she's like this like tall like woman dancing with the guy who owns the store. And she's like, I ain't no pizza. I keep my panties clean. And like showed me like all of these like crazy things um, when I was younger. But I feel like when I really realized who RuPaul was and any like what drag was was um, the Liz McGuire movie Supermodel. Oh yeah, sorry, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Supermodel. My mom like was like, "Do you know who the original singer of that is?" And then she kind of showed me everything. Um, but I didn't go to my first drag show until I was like mid twenty, well, early twenties. Yeah, but it was my very first drag show was an all like for lack of a better word at all like a fab show oh yeah that was the very first drag show i ever saw wow interesting mm-hmm. was that like, was where <laughs> yeah where, was that in the city or? uh it was at stonewall on a sunday that was my very first time oh, gag. it was hosted by crimson okay King. i was gonna say crimson show <laughs> and she had uh this queen named miss crime scene and then like a bunch of like baby queens that was like crimson's like drag children mm, it was really sense. cool and i was just like oh i didn't even question that idea of like whether or not like what gender could do what I'm like this is entertaining either way mm. um and you know they all they're all queens <laughs> and i stayed for the invasion after and then i got to see a little bit of everything when were you like this is it this is what i want to do yeah so, well <laughs> i was like not then not then no definitely probably not <laughs> No, I think as as I went to more and more shows and I started predicting what the next queen was gonna do, I was like, I could probably do this if I can like kind of map out exactly when she's gonna do the jump slit and you know everything else. Yeah. So how did you come up with your drag name? Oh geez. Okay, I did have a first drag name and it was really okay. Bad. Um, so my 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 actual name is Jasmine. I don't mind people calling me that, but when I'm in drag, because there's a persona I'd be preferred to be called Blue, but um, mm. I do love my name. Um, so my first drag name was like Jasmina Green Tea. It's really bad. <laughs> it was yeah. <laughs> that one was really rough. I just wanted something so different. I went through drag names left and right, and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Um. And then I didn't do drag for like two or three months after that. And I was like, oh. I need to change it because no one can pronounce it. Um, and my nickname used to be Blue because he's had blue hair. So I was like, I'll just stick with blue. I've already been called blue before and I'm like used to it. So that's pretty much the story. I'm like, my, my name is so simple. It's four letters. <laughs> I kind of like it though. Like, Listen, I love that. A... It's, like, it's like a share or something. Yeah. I love <laughs> a one word name clearly, but <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I, I, and I think it works with. I, I know it's a color, but it, it, I think it works with your aesthetic and how you yeah. perform. So yeah, I, I, mean, I, I also like the idea of like you know growing up like blue was for boys. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm not a boy. Um, and then also, <laughs> in, I always like to reference like Blue's Clues. Everyone always thought that she was a boy. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. when I was in drag and I first started doing drag, no one could clock me because I wouldn't talk. 
Cause I, <laughs> and I would cover my boobs and I would wear padding and like no one could clock me because I painted like totally different until I opened my mouth and people were like wait a minute mm. <laughs> so that's why I like to think about it too if I really want to be deep and lie and that's where I say my name <laughs> I like that yeah <laughs> um what have been your like big influences for your drag um I would say I don't I feel like that's such like a hard question (laughs) I'm sure it's a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) because like before I'm a drag queen I'm a fan of drag so Mm -hmm. my biggest influences honestly is all drag I know that sounds like really like cop out but there's like not one specific thing or one specific person I can pinpoint okay that I would say is like oh like they're like my inspiration I just kind of take inspiration from like a little bit of everything. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that my favorite part of drag is just taking the pieces that apply to me and then also throwing in like new pieces that only someone like me could do. Like, like I said, like being from the South Bronx, a lot of my drag, I get to do stuff that I grew up around and the kind of music that a lot of drag queens who are not from New York, like bitches from like Utah and Idaho, like never even heard of this song. So I get to do like more fun stuff and bring more throwbacks and things like that. Um, but no, I don't have any like specific inspirations. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also like career-wise. Like I look at obviously like my drag mother, you know, Madeline Hatter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really like smart at like how she kind of dips her toes into a little bit of everything um, and gets to know people. She knows drag queens from across the country, across the world, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of like business-wise, Madeline definitely is somebody that I look up to. Mm. She's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I took over like half of her shows. So, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little something seeped in. <laughs> um, how would you, I, I, going with your influences, how would you describe your drag performance style to like an outsider? Someone wants to book you. What are you, what are you going to tell them? Party. Party. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like a fun, good time. Um, definitely somewhere between PG-13 and rated R depends <laughs> I um, me and my girls were bartending a wedding and they needed two of us to perform um and originally I chose like this mix that was really raunchy and I got to the wedding and I was like I need a, I need a PG-13 this I need to switch songs like ASAP mm. but yeah like I just I think that like my energy is always just like just have fun have a good time and I think I enjoy like niche song choices, but not in the way that like Brooklyn niche, but niche in a way that's oh. like, like I feel like Brooklyn niche is like Kate Bush. And, like <laughs> yeah, it used to be, and now it's like <laughs> ever but, since like, that Stranger Things. Yeah, that one's over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like I would say like niche, like to go back to like Ashanti and like. Mm-hmm guy and like uh different like things like that more i guess like the things that i culturally grew up with mm. um, but yeah blues drag is just like fun um definitely a little bit more slutty or streetwear but i could throw a little fashion into there too i enjoy being versatile who doesn't love a good verse okay that's right we love a verse side <laughs> <We really do. laughs> 
I was going to say earlier, um, it's unusual for us to interview New York Queens who are actually from New York. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it weird for you to be like, I don't know, in spaces where like a lot of people are like, I'm Brooklyn drag or I'm like Manhattan drag, but like they clearly just moved here like two years ago from the Midwest. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that it is important. I was literally talking to the, about this with uh, Flower Tortilla, she's um, or dating. That's my girlfriend. Um, and, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I did not know that. That's so cute. Okay. We spilled the tea. You know? Yes. Texas, um, you know, and she was talking about how she wanted to like write a play about like gentrification. I'm like, yes, but you've been here for ten years, and like I think it's important to acknowledge. That like, yeah, I'm happy that queer spaces exist in New York City for those people who come from spaces that don't have the like, queer spaces. So I'm happy for that. But I feel like a lot of times a lot of queens don't check themselves in the space that they take up. Like, I feel like a lot of native New Yorkers that are queer or gay or lesbian don't feel as comfortable in a lot of the queer spaces in New York City because they're not they're not made by the people that understand them. Mm. It's made by this person who came from like Nevada and like brought the seed and yeah it's a great scene and it's accepting but it's not as safe and as comfortable as it is for certain native New Yorkers especially like black and brown like queer folks so it definitely does bother me especially like when there's all these bar owners who are taking up so much space and then they're booking the same five girls who moved here from like Wisconsin last year and yet there's girls that are living here like struggling who are very talented they just don't have that like ask his mentality I guess you know what I mean mm. yeah but it's not to say that anyone that is from out of town or like not born and raised here doesn't deserve their spot you know what I mean I just think that there's a lack of awareness of the space that they're taking up and uh the lack of like openness that they have for other folks that may not understand the same way that they understand queer spaces you know what I mean oh yeah yeah, it's just so funny. I feel like me and my girls talk because most of my friends that I'm close with in drag, most of them are from New York. Mm-hmm. Like a handful of them. If they're not from New York, they're from Texas. I don't know. <laughs> I can so, relate. Because <laughs> like me, Roque, Boyish, Rain, Athena, like we're all from New York City. Ma'am, she. But then uh, like Piper, who is my drag daughter, uh, Flower, um essence they're all from texas it's so funny that it just like played out like that it really is though but yeah <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> i could definitely relate <laughs> no i think a lot of there's a lot of texas queens in eric yeah i was thinking like uh horchata specifically Chata. yeah Chata. <laughs> i thought she was from mexico city that um, was the city yeah yeah okay i'm getting myself confused <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we talked, you talked a little bit about um, like nightlife spaces, like not necessarily being the most welcoming. I, I have a lot of friends who are AFAB performers who like also experience that. What has your experience been like in those spaces? I always feel like an asshole or like, I don't know, <laughs> but like I always feel like weird saying this, but like I, of course, like, you know, who doesn't deal with like adversities and like being like a different person entering a cis male space. Yeah. But think that I always felt like I belonged and I always had somebody that had my back that I never really felt like oh like because I'm a woman I get treated like garbage like no I think I always demanded that space like does it happen yes of course Mm -hmm. it does 
And has it happened to me? Probably. I think I just don't pay attention to it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've always just really felt solid and like the talent that I have and the joy that I have for drag that um, anybody who tried to be like, like there's even a close friend of mine who when I first met them, they told me afterwards, they were like, oh, that they didn't think that I belonged there because I started at Drag Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why in the beginning, I used to like cover myself up a lot so no one could really clock me until they talked to me. And then it was like, oh. Um, but I really enjoyed in the beginning kind of just letting my talent speak for itself. And then being like, hey, like this is a part of my identity. Like I am a woman that does drag. And now I don't hide it as much. And I kind of use it more as a platform uh, for all women, not just cis women, also trans women that do drag. Because um, a lot of people ask me like, oh, are you a real woman? And I don't like that question because the word real could mean a lot of different things to different people. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's the way of like, if I was trans, like if I was a trans woman, I wouldn't know how to respond to that. Because then I'd be like, I would say, yes, I'm a real woman. Mm-hmm. And then it would come down to my genitals, whether or not they considered me real or not. So whenever someone asks me that, I'm like, so what's a fake woman? You know, just know I'm a drag queen. And what's between my legs really is none of your fucking business. Dude. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <on> <laughs> I, like that. And now I make a, 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 a thing for me at every show that I do to like definitely give that little speech. Especially I'm like, you enjoyed the number you saw, right? So it doesn't matter. I yeah, I do. I, I will say this, but like, I don't have any like cis female friends. Any of my femme friends are like non-binary or, or trans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why that is. I feel like my vibe and drag is just different. Like, I could kind of fit in House Kitchen, but I also fit in Brooklyn. But I feel like a lot of like cis drag performers that are women. Or like non-binary, like femme drag performers tend to kind of fit more into like the Brooklyn scene, and they're a little bit more like niche and like kind of like a lot of the people that do like the Cake Boys shows and things like that. Like I would love to be a part of them because I feel like in a way we're looked at the same, but my aesthetic, it just the way that I carry myself is just very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like I, there's no hard feelings, but I just yeah. I don't know. I just don't like fit with, I guess, the people you would think that I would in a way. You're creating your own space. That's okay. (laughs) I think everyone has to do that in my life. Somehow. I think that's the best way to look at it. Because, like, if you go into nightlife, like, where do I belong? And, like, these people won't let me in. It's like New York City is massive. You can spit in any direction and find a drag brunch in any place. You can go to a pet and find a draft <laughs> okay and i'm not even joking on that one so it's just like there's so much space for everyone here that like if xyz is not giving you the time of day guess what there's there's another one right behind you that's true yeah. um i think with that we should take our first little break and we'll get back into i think we're going to talk about your mother Wait. so we'll see you guys back kids bye bye Wig, okay. I know, wig, I feel that already. Wig, okay. Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. I am ready for my wig to go flying. Ooh, and we're back. Uh, it's almost February at this point. Yeah. Um, I know, right? Okay. Um, blue. 
Yes. I met you at Drag Wars, the OG Drag Wars. <laughs> um, how was it um, competing? And I, you kind of alluded to it. That's how you kind of got your drag start. But how was it competing um, weekly like that? And then also you won All-Stars. So tell us about that. <laughs> God, no one ever asked me about that. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved Drag Wars. My first day there, somebody tried to pick on me and Roque like turned around and was just like, yo, leave her alone. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> um, so after that, like knowing that I had certain friends there, um, it just was like so easy. And it was something that like every week I looked forward to doing. A bra- I forced myself to do a brand new number. I never repeated a single thing. I tried to like get a new outfit or stone something or do something new every week. Um, and I really loved it. It kind of became like a little family meeting. Because um, that's where I met Roque, Boyish, and Rain. Yeah. Um, and so then we'd all go weekly. And then Roque was kind of like the mother of the group. So as like things went on, like um, we also had another friend named Atlas, who shout out to Atlas does a lot of the wigs for like the Rue Girl. She does like all of Jax's wigs mm. that had this season of Drag Race. Jax was also in our like era of Drag Wars, um, as well as I think Jasmine Kennedy. Like dropping? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I remember. Mm-hmm. but yeah it was it was just so sweet and it was like one big happy family and like whenever somebody would try to come in and like come for one of us it was just like crickets like if it was like a new it was like the end of like mean girls and you know they were like you know how to deal with the new plastics just push them in front of the bus <laughs> um, it was kind of like that but I loved it and I had one a couple of times and then Shaquita announced like you know all-stars three before I even started doing drag I saw all-stars two um and I was like, oh, I can totally do this. Um, and Shaquita kind of like handpicked us as to who was going to compete for All-Stars 3. And myself, Jax, Boyish, Rain, no, Rain didn't do it, Roque, Vinny Gaga, Pietra Parker, uh, Cormac Kelly, Tsunami Muse. A lot of really like iconic girls that are still doing it pretty big. Yeah, um, I say like they're all still working, which is yeah. very unusual for drag wars. Uh, yeah, it's true. We had a really, really solid season, and, like a solid family. Like I literally still hang out with all the girls. Um, I'm still friends with a majority of them. Um, my lovely dog back here <laughs> agrees. <laughs> I mean, um, but we all did it and basically it was like a three week process there was 12 of us the first week was six girls three continued to the third week and second week was six more and then three more continued to the next week um, <laughs> and I'll never forget when it was the hour for the second week which is the week that I did it okay like really did this amazing number where it was like she had other models come out in outfits that she wore during her run at drag wars to me the only issue was that like nobody remembered (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like and and from what knowing that what i knew it was sickening but if i was in the audience i would have been like why are these random people wearing these outfits (laughs) you know olivia lux was one of the people that was modeling for roque too (laughs) um yeah, so Roque didn't win that first week. It was, like, by drinking votes. And I mm-hmm. did an alien blue number. Like, my whole body was painted blue. Like, my face was painted blue. Mm-hmm. And um, Zavaleta, my sister, she let me borrow. She has, like, this really cool, like, pump 
where like she makes tears come out like on your face and she let me borrow that um and so like the whole number is about like this alien like came from outer space and got trapped here and she meets a man but then his grinder notifications go off so she's like oh it's because i'm blue and then i start crying and all the blue tears just like literally just start streaming down my face but this bitch used the hottest water that she could have found pieces <laughs> yeah so because it was hot water it stained my skin so quickly so yeah and then i had 30 minutes which from the blue face into my second number basically it was supposed to be like a signature number and uh like a diversity number something that you would never do so i literally wiped all the blue makeup off try to scrub my body as much as possible and then went from blue to like a full head to toe pink outfit and did like a full choreographed beyonce number yeah it, went, yeah, it was wild um yeah I, I really had a lot of fun that first night um and then i got to go into the second night and i did uh, like a, like a rave number mm -hmm. Like, um, I had, like, black lights, and I turned all of pieces, basically, into a giant rave, and I threw out glow sticks, and then <laughs> we came out, we glowed in, in black light, and we did, like, a whole, like, light whip. It was really cute. You can find it on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look for it. Yeah. It was a really cool number, and I went first. Like, I remember being so nervous. They were like, Blue, you're first. And I was like, of course. Um, and then the second number, I did Imagine, but not by John Lennon, by Gaga. And I just mm -hmm. did it one spot and I had like the <laughs> Imagine sign on the floor, like the one that's in Central Park in Strawberry. Mm -hmm. I had someone print it out for me. And as people came up to put flowers down, they would give me like a cup of like some type of colored water. And I made a rainbow on this white cotton dress. Um, and I stood in the same spot the whole time. Uh, <laughs> and then the winners, they're still controversial to this day. I remember. Yeah, it was a, it was a three way win. Yep, and they say that I deserved a win on my own, but honestly, I didn't give a shit because we each got our coin and we split the makeup prize, and I was fine with it. Um, and I honestly, that's one of my proudest moments in drag, like being able to. I've been doing drag for less than a year, and mm -hmm. I whipped up. But I will say this: like I spent maybe three hundred bucks. I borrowed a lot of stuff from people. A lot of people did a lot of favors for me. And, like, it took a village. And that's what I'll say about, like, any new upcoming queen. Like, you don't have to have a billion dollars, you know, to yeah. look great. You just got to have good connections. And a lot of people don't rely on because it's hard. It's hard to just, like, learn how to do everything on your own. Yeah. And if you have the money for it, then great. But, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but so three of us won, but then some people felt like only one of us should have won, and everyone had their own opinions. Um, and then one of the other people that won felt like me and the other winner didn't include them. It was it was a mess. It was I a remember. <laughs> you got the title though. So. Did, as long as you got the money, honestly. No. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of like a highlight in my career, and like I do think Shaquita a lot for like lighting a fire under my ass. But um, I feel like once I got what I could get from Taquita, I kind of was like, thank you. And then I, I moved on. Mm. Yeah, but Drag Wars was great for us. It really kind of was just like our first like weekly gig without getting paid, essentially. Um, and I got to meet a lot of amazing people. Um, people till to this day that I go see and they're like, oh, wow, I remember you from Drag Wars. I'm like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
why would you, uh, what would you say you uh, like a the number one thing you learn from Shaquita would be? Uh, professionalism. Mm. Shaquita does not play that. She's like very much like if you're gonna come onto my stage, like you are gonna come out here. Like you don't have to look perfect, you know, but like the effort and how you hold yourself and how you show other people respect is definitely something that I learned from her. Yeah. Um, she was definitely a little scary and like sometimes a little mean, but she kind of just like certain things. It was just her just being an old school drag queen. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just who she was. And the more time we spent with her, the more we were like, ugh, this, this old bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she was just trying to like whip us into shape and, you know, you could take it, then great. If you can't, then you get lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always- yeah, but she definitely taught us to just, like, always give your best. And never wear cotton dresses. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Why? Uh, Rain did, like, a burlesque number once, and she wore this, like, black, like, cotton, like, cheap dress. And the burlesque outfit underneath was so cunt. She was like, well, why did you come out in this, like, horrible dress? <laughs> we just not care. Um, but, yeah, she definitely taught us, like, how to step our pussies up and, like, but, like, in the shadiest way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so after, like, Drag Wars, when did you, like, become part of, like, House of Hatter? Was it right after? Um, It was actually right before All-Stars. Okay. I got asked to do All-Stars. And then uh, Madeline has started the show called Boop at the Ritz. And it was mm-hmm. the very first and she asked me to be the guest and Rain was also the guest and um, I remember telling Zaba because Zaba and Virginia Thick were already a part of the family and Zaba was like you better not be late today I was like well I'm already running late girl so like you're gonna have to be okay but what if Madeline was to talk to you before that and I was like uh, then she could talk to me after I guess Zaba knew that she was gonna ask me uh, to be her daughter that day and I got there very late so after the show, Madeline asked me at the very first boob. Um, and then she knew I was doing All-Stars. Um, well, the thing is, before I started doing drag, I used to go to um, Turret Wednesday. Yep. Um, and so I used to go to Turret Wednesday every single Wednesday. And I would always answer the trivia questions. And I used to wear wigs because my hair was really damaged. So every Wednesday, I'd come up with a different wig. <laughs> and I'd have, like, crazy, like, makeup on. Because I just loved makeup. It wasn't even to be like a drag queen. Um, and I remember I complimented Madeline once. I was like, oh, wow, like, you're, you're looking really slim. And after that, forget it. I got, I got, I gave her one compliment on, like, because she had been working on her body. And then she never forgot me um, after that. So every time I went, she would, like, get me a shot or she would take care of me and, like, slowly got to know me. Um, and then I became friends with Nasty Queen, who was, like, Madeline's best friend at the time. Um, so every time I went to Turn Wednesday, I would just hang out with Nasty, who like sold shots and stuff. Um, so Madeline already knew me from that, and then I did an open call when Madeline used to host it before Holiday stole it. Yeah, that's the tea. That was not always Holiday's gig. That was Madeline's. Ooh. And um, when I first started doing that, that's when Madeline kind of was like, "All right, well then I'm gonna tell you what you need to know." Honestly, and the very first time she was like, "Read me for like not doing more like." If my wig slid back, she was like, you need to get Mast XP. Like, she literally was teaching me and mothering me from the beginning until she essentially asked me on the first night of Boop. And then then I was the kid. 
Oh, that's cute though. She, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen Madeline. Like we've all we've seen it. All of us, like me, Virginia, Madeline, and Zaba, has kind of seen all each other at like our lowest, and also at our like highest. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always have love for all of them. They'll always be my family, no matter what happens. Um, but we we all stick together because you know, like at the end of the day, the reason why we were family was because we were all so tough. And like gave each other tough love, but also like never let like stupidity get like really get in between us. Yeah. Yeah. What's it been like seeing every like part of your family on Dragula? <laughs> um it's been really fun. Uh I well for for Madeline season it was really fun because like to kind of see how Madeline like glowed and enjoyed it. Um and you know, a big part of her sobriety was on that show. And uh, I'm very proud of her and her sober, you know, journey. Um, and she really loves to travel. She loves, if you ever see Madeline, don't ever be, I know she's scary, but don't ever be afraid to talk to her because she loves to talk to people. She Just don't ask her stupid questions. <laughs> but yeah, I think that seeing her on the show and seeing her like, just grow and I want to see her on Titans but I'm just happy she wasn't on the first one she definitely belongs to the second one mm. felt like it was a like, lot of people agree with you on that one yeah. <laughs> yeah the second one if they put her Zaba Dahlia Black and well Victoria once I guess not but if they had all of them together it's like drama um and as for Zaba it was fun but a lot of like I I I stupidly joined in on a lot of the Twitter fights <laughs> It's just like it's so crazy when like these people like even now with Jax with the whole sugar thing man. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy that I know these people so personally, and this person that saw thirty seconds of them just thinks they know exactly who they're talking about. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, now I know like don't answer back. But some of the things that I got called for defending Zava and saying that she wasn't misogynistic was crazy. Yeah. Um, so it was really fun seeing Zaba on that journey, but also like I hated like feeling like I had to defend her and like the response of people online. Because Zaba's a very like abrasive person, you know what I mean? She's very much like this is who I am. Um, and a lot of people just can't take that. Yeah. It's hard. And like a lot of times people are like, Oh, you should try out for Dragula, but I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm always ready to fight everybody. So like I'm not <laughs> like, you'd be perfect for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're looking for. <laughs> Um, so we'll see well um you kind of had a great transition from under the tutelage is that the word tutelage tutelage thank you caitlin (laughs) of madeline and um now you've like kind of taken over mad mondays how has that uh worked out and um tell us all about how it came to be um I will say that a lot of like my confidence and like opportunities have come from Madeline and there's a lot of times that I'm like oh like thank you for this opportunity she always reminds me that like I earned it it's not like she's just giving mm-hmm. to me on her kid because trust when we first were her kids there was plenty of stuff she could have given to us like she could have let us run open call but we weren't there yet we didn't deserve it yet we hadn't earned it yet um but she definitely just taught me a lot. And like through Boop, I got to kind of start hosting shows. I used to be really awkward and like shy. Um, so slowly, whenever Madeline would start going on tour because of Dragula, I kind of got to start being able to host. 
Um, and then of course quarantine hit and I did a lot of like live shows, which is essentially like hosting. Um, it's just a little less scary because it's in front of a camera. You yeah. Know, it's faces. Um, and then once we started doing shows again, you know, Madeline wanted me to help her like DJ at her gig for Judy's. Um, and then was like, oh, well, if you want to DJ, you want to start performing with me? And then things started opening back up and she slowly started out going on like more like tours and things like that. So me and Rain started doing that show more. Um, and as we became more of the party girls on a Friday night and Madeline was more like artistic, she kind of was like, listen, like this show has become more of a party than like my artistic outlet. So why don't, <laughs> why don't you and Rain keep this show? So that's how I got that one at Judy's. Um, and then for Mad Mondays, whenever Madeline was out, I also started hosting for that. Um, and I think that Mad Mondays, if you don't know what it is, it's like literally Brooklyn's largest open set. Like any drag performer, even if you're not in full drag, like I've had Zaba come in fully just boy and just give a number. Um, we've really, there's no rules for that show besides no full frontal nudity, but that's a different story we've had issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it, it, you're interacting with so many performers sometimes in upwards of 30 to 40 performers. And I think that after a while, you know, Madeline's been doing drag for almost like 15 years. It kind of exhausts you to like put yourself out there that much every single week. And I think Madeline did it for a year and was like, you know what, this has become something great, but I'm going to pass it down to you. Cause I feel like you have the energy to kind of keep up with the girls. Um, and that's kind of how it happened. And me and Boyish really just love doing it. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite gigs to do. I was there last night. I'm like, I'm exhausted now, but um, I've met so many amazing talents. This newest like generation of drag is just absolutely amazing and so appreciative and so attentive. And I don't know, I just really love the love that Madeline has made at Mad Mondays. And the space that she's made is very much like everyone's allowed, you know, you can do whatever number you want. Just don't get naked. <laughs> <laughs> What have you learned from like hosting? Because I feel like a lot of queens struggle with that. I just like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what do you mean like learn from hosting? Like, like I feel like a lot of people like are scared to talk on the mic, and then it's also about like keeping the audience engaged, but also like keeping the show going forward. How have you learned to handle all that? Mm -hmm. Um, I think. Like I said before, I'm I'm a drag queen. I'm a fan of drag. So whenever I go to a show, I really do pay attention to the hostess and how they hold themselves. Um, but in the beginning, like, it wasn't easy. I'd make, like, awkward little jokes. Because you kind of just, like, banter off of what you've heard from other queens. Kind of like the... When you're given the rules of drag, you're like, here are the ABCs. And we all kind of do the same thing. And we all kind of go, we're like Tinkerbell. We need you to clap. If not, we die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's all yep. the same. Like, regurgitating stuff. But the more that you do it and the more that I feel like that you work with people that you get to have conversations with on the mic, the easier you kind of find your niche in your, in your hosting and, like, what works for you. Um, a lot of the shows that I do host, I host them with friends. Like all my sisters, essentially, um, but yeah, it was really rough in the beginning. You kind of just like, <laughs> as you go on, you get more confident. You say more silly things. Things just pop into your brain, um, and you just go off of the cuff on that. Yeah, 
It depends on what show I'm at. Like, like for Mad Mondays, I'll watch the, the queen performing or the performer performing. And like something silly will pop into my head to say about this performer. So once they're done, I'm like, wasn't she giving this thing or X, Y, Z? And everyone starts cackling. I'm like, See, that was a funny one. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I was going to say, I love you and Boyish's like dynamic on the mic. You guys are usually, you guys keep the show running pretty smoothly. So it, it, it's great to watch. I haven't been in a minute, but um, it is fun to watch you too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, whenever anyone sees, like, me and Boyish or me and Rain, they always just go, like, wow, like, you guys are just really, like, in sync together. I'm like, yeah, we're, like, we share one brain cell. <laughs> it's because we're actually friends and we actually spend time together outside of drag. Like, that's not mm-hmm. just my sister. Like, that's my best friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it makes a difference. And for Mad Mondays, we've got to kind of keep the show rolling because with 30 girls, you got to. I know. Yeah. So sometimes it's like you get it's also for for serve the order for Mad Monday. So sometimes I'll get three ballads in a row and I'm like, all right, I gotta get this energy back up. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, sometimes you just need a ballot night. And there's no problem with that. Sometimes all you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes all three ballads be boring. But like it just (laughs) you get a little bit of everything. Yeah. Mm. I I love I love all the last night's Mad Mondays was insane. It was really really good. Um, I heard I saw I saw some videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just been like getting better and better and better. And like a lot of them come up to me and boyish after and be like, "How was that?" And we were like, "Yeah, that was great." You know, we love you. Like, yeah, we give, we try to give everyone an individual like introduction, something about them before we introduce them. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. It's like. I feel like especially up and coming queens need a little bit more coddling, you know. I no. also need coddling. <laughs> Who said you weren't up and coming, girl? <laughs> it's like I am like the guidance counselor. I'm the auntie to like 50 children. <laughs> they need it. They do. Someone's gotta do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about a lot about House of Hatter. There is an upcoming legacy show at three dollar bill with mm-hmm. everybody, <laughs> whole family tree, <laughs> literally on the poster. Yeah, <laughs> what can you tell us about that? Um, that it's gonna be grand, and that if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, you need to because Madeline is hounding me for uh not posting on my grid. So, <laughs> if you haven't got it, please do. It really is. I, what I'm really excited about the show is that, like, I feel like a lot of times, like, House of Hatter kind of had, like, when it was just me, Virginia, uh, Madeline, and Zava, it was very much like, oh, there's a spooky house. But as we've grown as performers individually, it's kind of become, like, we're just the party girls but that are artistic. You know what I mean? Like, Zava literally will show up to a place with no makeup on like on my birthday we had tragic at the queue and we went to dinner she had not a stitch of makeup on i said what are you gonna do she goes to the back of the queue and like makes a tape mask like duct tape mask with like a big pointy nose and like throws sunglasses on it and it's like all right let's go and i was like perfect like so i think what i'm most excited about for legacy is like you know victoria's gonna bring the gore and like all this special effects madeline's gonna bring the body the hair and the very like sensual yet still like kind of like sp- spooky side of 
the House of Hatter. But then, like, you know, Boyish is planning on doing something more hype and party. And I'm planning on doing something more ravey. And Rain's going to do a burlesque number. So it's a really, like, versatile cast. Although, like, we're all family. We're still all very different. Like, I'm, like even Olivia Lux, who a lot of people don't know, but that is also Madeline's daughter. I did not know that, by the way, <laughs> until I saw that poster. <laughs> I think I somehow knew that. But here we are. <laughs> uh, was the first winner of open call so when madeline did it it was actually like seasons and just how she's doing mother now is how she did open call mm. um, so the only ever finale for open call olivia lux won um and that's how madeline heard just became closer and closer and i think after olivia got off with drag race is when she asked madeline like hey do you want to be my mom and madeline was like yeah of course like i mother you like I, you know she's the one that she goes to for a lot of advice um so that's kind of how that happened. And I've no, I've known Olivia since she started as well. So like we've been friends for a long time as well. So pretty much everyone that's a part of the House of Hatter, I've known for a long time. Except for Victoria and Opulence. <laughs> I don't know them like personally. Mm. But mean, yeah. They're down in Florida, so like who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't excited. know. There's a connection with them because I didn't realize that either. Madeline adopted Victoria a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I think maybe like six or seven years ago. Like definitely before I even existed in in, into the house. Yeah. Um, And then I think Allegra, I think that's her name. She's also like Victoria's kid, but I don't know who they are either. Like I haven't met them. But it's going to be really fun. And I know they're going to be in the dramatics. And then me, Boyish, and Rain are probably just going to be naked. That's pretty much it. But I think it's going to be a really amazing show. And she included a meet and greet. It's actually really pretty like cheap. I think entry tickets are like 20 or 25. But if you want to meet and greet, it's like an extra 10 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and we got AJ taking all the photos. That's so, good. Good photos, then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. AJ's yeah. great. It's going to be fantastic. So I'm excited. So if you don't have your tickets, get your tickets at $3 bill, Legacy, March 2nd. And on that note, I think we should take our last little break and we'll get into our usual come down, I guess. We'll be right back, kids. And we're back. We're back. We were, um, we kind of talked about it throughout the episode um, in our in our little break. But um, our first question of this break um, or this section is: um, Do you have any plans on ever going on Drag Race or Dragula or Camp Wanakiki? Camp Wanakiki. Wanakiki <laughs> <laughs> now. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of drag performers who's like, oh, that's one of my goals. Um, I mean, I would obviously like it would be an amazing platform to have, um, but I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I guess is mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, I would love to do Drag Race. I would love to do. Um, I would. I always think about like how like I would love to be like one of the first like cis women on Drag Race. Um, but also no, I don't. I don't know if I want to carry that burden of a bunch of people just. You know, if Maddie Morphosis can do it, so can I. Right? Honestly, though, 
um but no i would like i i said i was thinking about doing dragula probably before i would ever do drag race mm-hmm. drag race is a little bit more like um involved for the audition tape but as of right now no i'm kind of enjoying just like being a drag queen in new york city and kind of getting my footing and meeting a lot of people and doing a lot of different shows i think this year my goal for 2023 is to work with a lot of people i've never worked with before that's a good one yeah, and I, I, with how many new queens are popping up, mm. also very possible to do. <laughs> I I always say there's at least like fifty thousand drag queens in New York City. Oh yeah, <laughs> this sounds so dramatic, but it's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I think Thodacy did like an actual head count a couple years ago, so the numbers yeah, are probably right? skewed. But like, I think it was like four thousand. Yeah, like actively working drag queens in like the New York area. So. Like Long Island, Jersey, yeah. like the tri-state. Yeah. 10K now. Gotta be. Uh, it has to be beyond what we can recommend. Especially the pandemic babies who all yeah. got druggers. Yeah. Leave Marsha alone. <laughs> it wasn't just Marsha. <laughs> oh gosh. Um going into that also, um, I know where you're plugging legacy show. Um, do you have any other projects in the future that you would like to promote? Um, or just weekly gigs, wherever or the weekly gigs, kids yeah. that can find you. Where do I start now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so as we said it a billion times, Mad Mondays is at Metropolitan 10 p.m. It's an open stage. Me and Boyish usually start the show um, with trivia. If you've been there before, it's the same 12 questions I have written on my phone. Um, and then, like, pretty much anyone who wants to, um, and, like, anybody who wants to perform to show up at 1030, you sign up and you do your performance. Uh, we've had people, like, live sing. We've had people from all over the world as well. And we've had people from, like, Asia, you know, Europe, a lot of South America. Like, literally come visit New York and be like, I'm going to do Mad Mondays. And it's been really, really cool uh, to be a part of that. And hopefully we'll get a second Glam Award. But if we don't, either way, we're still going to be sickening. Um, so that's Mondays at 10 at Metro Wednesdays uh, tragic or like I like to say you know for my French people tragic um, <laughs> at the queue and that's with Zabaleta and myself at 9pm on Wednesdays and then Fridays at Good Duties uh, the show's called Bad Duties with myself and Miss Rain and that's after Drag Race for right now so I was in 10pm um, and then I'm also doing the Rihanna like Super Bowl like uh that crazy like night of a thousand Rihanna's uh three dollar bill on February twelfth. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's another big show that I'm doing. I don't know. I just did a Spice Girl show at three dollar bill. That was really fun. But, yeah, I had no clue what the person was producing it. They just hit me up. I was like, "Do you want to do this for this amount of money?" I was like, "Oh yeah, sure." One number for that much money? Yes, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> we love. So uh, now I'll be working with him from now on, but. Yeah, I always have a lot of like little miscellaneous gigs, and I really am just like fortunate. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. booked and blessed. So, what's the best advice you've been given about drag, or that you could give others about drag? Um, I think the best advice that I can give anyone else is like it's drag, like it's fun. And I know a lot of people say that, like, yeah, of course, like people are gonna judge you. But I've been thinking the best advice is, like, if you are doing something that you feel solid on and it's a choice that you made, like, what anyone else says doesn't really matter, you know? Um, um, And my second piece of advice is to be kind to everybody. 
in those drag spaces. That includes like bouncers, bartenders, because you never know who's gonna get you your next gig. You never know who's gonna tell this person, oh, I had a horrible interaction with this person. You know what I mean? So I think for a lot of up and coming queens, the biggest thing is just to be kind to everyone and acknowledge everybody. That door person could be working the hottest party and could recommend you as a performer. But if you're nasty or you pay the door person does, like it, it doesn't help you. You know what I mean? So biggest tip is just be kind, introduce yourself to everyone. Um yeah, and show respect. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's one we yeah. don't usually hear from that. Yeah. <laughs> so one that don't usually hear. yeah, but it's not it's not a good it's not a piece of advice we usually hear on this show. And I think it's a very important piece of advice. Probably <laughs> almost like one of the off. most. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, like it's the reason why, like when I'm not in drag, if I go to a bar nine out of ten times, I'm not paying. I just tip the bartenders because like I, I literally ask them the names and I tip them when I'm performing. Uh, if I'm like hosting at Mad Mondays, whoever's bartending that night, me and Boyish will take out percentage of our tips and tip out the bartenders. Um, and you get to know them and they become your friends. And like, yeah. they're co-workers. Nobody works for you in these bar spaces. Y'all are all equals, you know? So yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And then they'd be like, oh, that bartender's rude. I'm like, no, you're the rude one, bitch. <laughs> That's why he's not nice to you because you're rude. That's right. Um, as a door person, we hate you the most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just um, I I see that a lot of people being rude or wanting to you know cause drama for no reason. So just be yeah, being nice to everybody is great. <laughs> yeah, Flower just started doing the door at mm. coming around bitch fest, and mm. um, a lot of the queens like nobody introduced themselves to her so like she was handing out the drink tickets for all the performers that came to that open set mm-hmm. and not a person well not a single a lot of them were never said thank you or like like what's your name like hi like no one introduced themselves like it was all mm-hmm. very transactional yeah and I was like you silly silly girls <laughs> like yeah and she's such a sweetie i yeah, love her the- nice or I'm glad she's like the resident door girl now. <laughs> yeah, you want a glamour war for door goddess in 2017, I think. I don't know. I'll work. I love that. <laughs> I can put mine next to hers. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, I think it's my turn for my question, Caitlin. Yeah, your favorite question my of favorite the question. evening. Yes. Um, mixed blue. Do you have a tantalizing tale of drama, craziness, debauchery that you've witnessed or seen or heard about in nightlife? Uh, or participated uh, in. Oh, yeah. I'm like, legally, am I allowed to talk about this? I think the craziest thing that's ever happened to me is just, like, I became friends with, like, a. this is what's just, like, to be careful in your surroundings. Like, I became friends with, like, a bouncer that I used to work at, Macri sometimes metro at the rosemont um and uh they were a lesbian and i thought they were just like friends with me and like they kind of slowly like i guess fell in love with me over like quarantine because i just thought we were friends um so when i kind of saw that happening i kind of backed up a little bit but like i didn't want to abandon my friend completely but then like they kind of got crazy where they would like send me like 
like these crazy messages like the buses to Atlantic City leave tonight at 5 30 I bought our tickets meet me at the station at this time like I can't live without you kind of like crazy thing right and so then it was just to the point where I was like please leave me alone like I'm not interested I'm so sorry that like you feel this way so I ended up blocking them on like every single type of app and one day they showed up to Mad Mondays um and I was hosting it was on Valentine's Day last year and um me and boys were hosting and so this person I saw coming towards me I was like oh why are they here so they like tapped me on the shoulder like to say hi and turn back around like don't talk to me um and boys who had no issue with this person turned around and be like hey girl and out of nowhere they were like oh what's up and they took their glass and like chucked it at boys laptop and like shattered the laptop. Like we're in the middle of someone's performance. We had to shut the entire performance down and they tried to jump into the DJ booth to like, to like literally attack myself and boyish. Luckily, my good sis, my big old Judy, Miss Gender Roll was there. Um, and she's like, a, she's, she's a big girl. She's strong. And she pushed this bitch like literally into the ice machine from the DJ booth at Metro. And it was just wild. Like we were, she was just saying like how boyish, just homophobic. Um, I think she like lost her mind, honestly. And that, like, a lot of people for some reason think that boyish and I are dating. I don't know why. <laughs> I know, it's just like, do you not see? Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it's happened to us quite a few times. She was like, boyish isn't gay. He's homophobic, he's homophobic. Like yelling all these crazy slurs and like, Nancy from Metro got like punched in the face and then we Nancy. Yeah, to the point where like we had to call it honestly, this was is a very scary story, but like yeah, it's just like to just keep your eyes peeled and be careful who you trust and who you keep within your circle. Um that was a year ago. Hopefully I've never seen this person ever again after that. Um yeah. was still like like I don't know. Nightlife was just wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's terrible. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Uh, me too. Yeah, I'm sorry so, that happened. But Jesus Christ. Uh, well, agreed. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, on a better, more positive note, and our last question of the evening, where do you want to take your drag in the future? Um, I would really love to travel for sure like to do like my own tour i feel like a lot more before quarantine a lot of queens made their own tours like mm-hmm. they would just like book hotels and like tickets to places but would just reach out to like venues uh within those spaces and i don't see a lot of queens doing that anymore so i would say definitely in the future like doing more tours even if it is like with like a drag family and making more of like a name for ourselves in new york city and kind of traveling with that um and also I don't know, like opening the minds of having more mainstream drag performers that don't look like, I guess, like the basic cis male <laughs> white twinks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I think that like I am very privileged to be one of. The, I think I am the only like cis woman that's working full time in drag in New York City, to my knowledge. Um, that has like weekly gigs and like several boroughs um but like although it's like nice to say like yeah i'm the only one but like that's kind of sad like so in the future like i want to open up more people's minds and like kind of bring up the people that don't get as many opportunities um like you know my drag daughter is piper and they're like uh 
non-binary like trans person um but i see a lot of myself in them although we may not identify as the same but i want to see more people like them come up you know mm. they see very differently in the community um and yeah just like more love and more just like spreading more like friendships amongst, amongst drag queens and not being so catty yeah but i want to be the mother Teresa of drag in the future <laughs> <laughs> Someone should be. <laughs> Someone needs to be, yeah. I support. Um, well, Blue, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's been thank a pleasure. You for having me. Of course. Um, where can the kids find you online? Um, you can find me on Instagram at she is blue underscore, but my name is just blue. My first name is not she is. In case, in case anyone was wondering to clarify. <laughs> Um, but Twitter, I think it's also she is blue. Um, I feel like my Twitter is good. I just take a lot, like a lot of hot takes, but not hot takes on drag because, like, who the fuck am I to judge somebody else, right? But um, I guess that's it. Yep. I don't have Blair or Craigslist. Oh, what are the mingle? The Craigslist uh, personal <laughs> ads, but. Um, well, thank you again so much, Yay. babe. It's been a pleasure. Thank um, you. Uh, we'll have us, yes, me and the 50 million animals in this house. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciated yeah. the barking. Yes, we did, <laughs> the barks of approval. The barks of approval. Um, <laughs> I was Martyr. I was C. Tepper. And this was. We did it all. See you in Feb. Bye. Bye. I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Drag the Martyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on Work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you. (laughs) 